Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. Was not expecting this to be a day in which we'd hear from the Committee on Infractions about Memphis. That one caught me by surprise this morning. I'd like, honestly, like, we spent so much time focused on that IARP case, and then this one I'd like almost like kind of forgotten about. I hand up. I. Straight up forgot about it. <laughs> you texted me. You're like, did you see Zagoria's tweet this morning? And I was like, Adam, yeah, they, Adam Zagoria? Yeah, because like, they sent out a release. Yeah, and so uh, uh, I went and saw it, and then I acknowledged on Twitter, like, hand up. I'd completely forgotten about this. I hadn't forgotten about it because we, like, over, I I had forgot. Like Over at the Commercial Appeal, we had put in some open records requests related to this, and they had gone uh, – unreturned uh, or dr- feet there's some classic feet dragon going on um and uh so i was I-, I thought about it from time to time over the past i guess it was announced last december that december the 15th according yes. to the stories it was one of those ones where when i went and reread the stories i was like okay yeah i, I remember that but honestly i i know you know you know what happened that night i actually remember this that night, I believe, I'm going to go double-check this now. I believe that night is the night the Grizzlies beat the Bucks by 40. It was right around then. The wave night? Yeah, and I think that, like, kind of just, the wave, uh, let's see here. Well, I think there's two things. It, it, it may have been other things going on, but I think also the other aspect of it was I remember yeah, in real- same night, same December fifteenth is the same night as the Bucks Grizzlies game where they won by forty one. And then I remember in real time, essentially, the decision had been made on December the fifteenth. This is like the announcement of the punishment. Well, it was because no- the stories read Memphis and NCA resolve. Well, Memphis's punishment. It was it was basically like they had negotiated a resolution because Memphis essentially said Memphis decided as an institution. That they had commit, they were guilty of whatever violations that the NCA was claiming they had committed. It was just that an individual involved in the case was contesting what they were individually claiming he had done. And today it was real. That individual was Penny Hardaway. Um, I know there was some speculation that it was an assistant or that, but we're going to dive into it. Usually it's buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit to start Wednesday, but we're going to talk Penny Hardaway in this Memphis basketball case to start. We'll do buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit next segment. Um, get into the draft and uh, the, the the latest in the trade rumblings. Uh, we'll get into the list and then uh, next hour and wrap things up. But 
Um, wanted to dedicate the opening segment to uh, the news today that Penny Hardaway uh, has been suspended for the first three games of next or of this season, if you will. Um, this is from the release uh, uh, from the NCAA this morning. Uh, Memphis men's basketball coaches committed recruiting violations when they participated in two impermissible in-home recruiting visits with a prospect during his junior year of high school, according to a decision released by a Division I Committee on Infractions panel. Because of his personal involvement in the violations and failure to monitor his staff, the men's basketball head coach also violated head coach responsibility rules. Um, so that is what happened. We get more details. The violations in this case centered around the recruitment of one highly rated men's basketball prospect. Uh, first in September of his junior year, an assistant coach traveled to his home in another state and visited with him. Two weeks later, the men's basketball head coach, Penny Hardaway in this case, did the same. NCA rules uh, require any in-person contacts with with recruits during the fall months of their junior year of high school to be made at the prospect's schools, not in their homes. As a result, these visits violated recruiting rules. And due to his personal involvement and the failure to monitor his staff's violation and his failure to consult with the Memphis Compliance Department, the head coach uh, has been suspended uh, three games. Uh, this is the quote from the panel. Ignorance of the rules is not an excuse. The head coach's inattentiveness to compliance, particularly at a time when his program was under scrutiny related to a different infractions case, resulted in careless violations. Head coaches must remain diligent in monitoring their staff and promoting compliance at all times and cannot delegate those responsibilities to compliance staff members and administrators. Um, so... He's suspended for the first three games. It's, in the grand scheme of things, both the violation and the punishment are relatively minor because, like, yeah, it's three games, 10% of the season technically, um, or regular season, I should say, but he's really only going to miss one game of consequence based on what we know about the schedule next year. It hasn't been officially released, but he's going to miss the season opener against Jackson State. You'd presume whether whether me, you, or Penny Hardaway or Rick Stansberry's coaching that game, Memphis is going to win that game. I most certainly hope so. He's going to miss at Missouri the second game of the year, which obviously is a you know that that's prob- that's a game you're probably not you you might not have even been favored in with him as the coach if you're full strength going on the road to an SEC team. It's We're at a, the very least it's a toss up. Correct. We're a long way away from knowing final roster. Probably going to be a, something like a toss up type of game. It's entirely possible that they're underdogs. So it game. could harm you in that game, not having your head coach. Um, and then the third game he'd miss is Alabama State. Again, another game where if me or you were coaching, you would presume Memphis could win the game. I think it's fair to say that if you could choose which games you would miss, mm-hmm. you would have chosen probably two of them. Yes. Two of the two. three. Yes. And I do think it's also fair to say if you could have your head coach in the Missouri game, you would choose to have your head coach in the Missouri game. That's kind yes. of how I view it. But ultimately, not that big of a, a deal. I, I will say, though, it all comes – I said it at the time. I said um, the column I wrote in the moment, December 15th, was these violations seem sloppy but not serious. And they seem pretty sloppy but not serious today. Um, now, I was hopeful, even in that column – I, I mentioned the possibility. What if this is? What if the person who's, you know, contesting this is Penny Hardaway? Would he face a suspension? Um, clearly, he is. Um, now, Don Jackson, his attorney, who was his attorney in the IRP case, he's the attorney representing DeAndre Williams in his case. Uh, he has come out with a statement um, that, among other things, says um, that. Uh, today's decision was flawed yet predictable. This case was pursued for one reason and one reason only because of the NCA's dissatisfaction with the outcome of the IRP decision of last fall. So basically, Don Jackson, Penny's attorney, is claiming this is all retribution because Memphis got off the hook basically on the James Wiseman stuff. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would look at it also this way. It's important to note Penny could have had his 
He could have had a negotiated resolution. This issue could have gone to the IRP as well. And no, I think well, yeah. it could have been included. Yes, because yeah. remember they separated it and they made the choice to go into the committee on infractions, or he did. Well, the school the school made the decision to go into the. Everything goes into the committee on infractions. I'm not sure if we had passed the deadline. Remember, they stopped taking new cases in the IRP because they decided it was worthless. Um, at a certain point, I'm not sure if the date. Well, I mean, if you want to be cynical, you can say they stopped taking cases in the IRP because they weren't going the way they wanted yeah, them to. Because because schools were being uh, dealt with, not uh, even though it was their process harshly. Um, here, here's what I, I would say: like, if you read the details of this, like, it makes it does not make Penny Hardaway look great. I would say that. Like, I am I'm having a hard time as I read through uh, the findings. The, the investigation, like viewing Penny as some victim here. I mean, he he literally is quoted in the. So I guess they had a video conference. Like the the hearing happened last month, and among the things Penny said in the hearing was that he thought he could visit. He could quote he could visit any student athlete at any time, and. It, it, frankly, it read a lot like when he had to do the when he had to do the deposition in the Wiseman case against the TSSAA, where he basically said, like, you know, I don't know, you know, I didn't read the rule book. Um, like he just seemed completely unaware. Like to think you can visit any student athlete at any time in their home, you know, like I don't know. That feels like uh, <laughs> it feels like you should know better than that. It also feels convenient. I mean. It seems to me that there's, there's a pattern with Penny of, um, to put it like as simply as possible, it's like, I can't break the rules if I don't know the rules. Yeah. He also apparently kind of put some blame on they, they, the director of recruiting at the time, or right. he was newly hired. This guy, Jeremy Kipnis, he's still there. Um, he basically said they have this compliance software and the prospect in uh question is that what you're saying the the prospect in question um wasn't inputted properly into the compliance software so penny wasn't aware necessarily that it was a junior which that feels very difficult to yes. believe but then also in the same hearing with them he 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 admitted yeah I don't really check that software and oh by the way typically the director of recruiting said typically the practice is we typically put in Penny's visits into the software after they happen, even though the point of the software is to be a protective. To, yes, it's like is a, to like put in like okay it's a safeguard. It's yeah. a safeguard to put in. Okay, this is what we're planning to do. So that this exact situation does yeah, not happen. Is this allowed? So again, it was all I think really sloppy on Penny's part. I, I thought that in the very the moment this came out, in terms of, and I didn't know it was directly involving Penny. Um, at the same time, Penny is being sanctioned for a recruiting visit, like for something that's essentially meaningless these days in college. Like home in home visits in an in the NIL era, like who cares about you know, like unless I guess the the in home visit if you're telling them how much NIL money you can give them, right? That would be the only mean, mean, reason why it's meaningful. I will tell you. One of my first thoughts of when when the NCAA is going after visits, oftentimes they go after visits because they believe that the visit is when the uh, when the business gets done. Gotcha. Um, like I just think I, I do think it's kind of silly that they're going after him for this. At the same time, I just feel I, I have a trouble viewing Penny Hardaway through the prism of a victim because like you you invited him in. Yeah, with like a silly mistake. Um, I mean, the the school isn't saying that they're victims. The school literally admitted we committed violations here. Um, and now I will say this: like they had like a telecom or whatever a Zoom call with Gary Miller. The he's the University of Akron president, and he was the head chief hearing officer in this case. And he made this big point at the beginning of it to to give this statement, essentially saying, you know, we understand. Uh, what is the exact line here? I've got it. Oh, 
The committee is aware that Memphis had a case resolved through the independent accountability resolution process. That process is handled separately from the Committee on Infractions and does not set precedent for cases in the peer review process. My remarks today center only on the violations in the case at hand. And then yet in the release today, the panel's quote is, quote, well, I already read it, ignorance no, it of was the rules is not an excuse. The head coach's inattentiveness to compliance, particularly at a time when his program was under scrutiny related to a different infractions case, resulted in careless violations. Well, it sure seems to me from that quote, in some form or fashion, it's reasonable to, con- to conclude you brought up the IRP case in your release. So obviously it played a role in some form or fashion. Yeah, I guess, though, playing devil's advocate a little bit, you can still make the argument. Yeah, if you, I will say this. If you're the attorney representing Penny, mm-hmm. you 100% would use that and say, you're you're clearly punishing him because you didn't, you couldn't punish him in mm-hmm. the process you didn't have control of. Yeah. This one you did have control of. This shows motivation. I think that's a reasonable mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. I also feel Doesn't like mean the judge is going to agree with it. Well, <laughs> that's the other thing. The judge in this process, you're now back to the good old days. Of, yeah. You're back to the good old days of the committee of infractions and the appeals process. And it's all to basically the same people. But the point that I'm making is I could also view that as if you're under scrutiny, like I, I essentially it to me emphasizes the sloppiness. Yeah. If you already know that you're under scrutiny, yeah. it makes even less sense. You should be dotting your eyes. Correct. And it your makes T's even less sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can kind of go either way. So yeah. I don't feel cool. I don't feel cool going definitive. Like I'm not. I would not. Yeah. If I'm sitting there having to defend either side, I would say, "Tell me which side to pick," and I would choose those two cases that I laid out. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good sense one way or the other which way. Like I would actually feel. Yeah. I think you can reasonably cons- conclude both things. Yeah, it's in doubt at least. The 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 statement of there's no way this is completely separate though kind of rings false to me. The, like there's it's it certainly can be perceived as I don't know, to me it's like getting a speeding ticket with a suspended license. Yeah. Like you're going to be viewed differently. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, the good news is the grand scheme of things, they're losing some recruiting visits. They lost, you know, as a program, they lost, I think you know, they got fined. They got another year of probation tacked on to what they already got in the IRP case. And then now Penny's serving a three-game suspension. And, you know, initially I was like, oh, man, this is going to this is gonna be something that, you know, people really run with. But when, you know, when you really dig down deep into it, you know, Bill Self was suspended for four games last year for similar recruiting-type stuff. It was by the school, you know, to try and avert some of the damage from there, what have you. But, you know, Jim Beheim was suspended for nine games once upon a time for failure to monitor. I think that was 2015. And uh, Jim Calhoun was suspended at one point in time at UConn for recruiting violations. Like, all national championship coaches. Like, you know, like, it's not going to it's not gonna matter in the long run. Like, ultimately, it's not going to matter in the long run. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Pearl also got suspended. Yeah. Although, if I recall... I think the SEC suspended him. If I recall, the final ruling came down in the summer. The SEC suspended him for the first eight conference games. He coached out the year, and then Tennessee, I think, fired him after that year. Yeah, I remember. I covered his last game. I remember it was in Charlotte at the NCAA tournament. Michigan blew him out uh, in the tournament. But um, go blue. Yeah, <laughs> go blue. I guess. I don't know. I guess. I guess. To me, like I have, well, then the other part. Like, of- well, there's like three. There's like three things here that I feel like a reasonable person could draw from this. Mm-hmm. Number one, this feels really unnecessary from Memphis's part. Like this feels entirely avoidable. Yes. Like this. This could have been avoided. So I, I'm of that mind. The second thing is, if I would have told you. I don't know. What are we talking about? When when did the IRP ruling come down? Time's a flat circle. Uh, I, I know it was like the fall, wasn't it? It was like right. Remember, it was like October. It was like right before the season started. Okay. If I would have said like late September, early October. If I would have said to you on October one, if the punishment would be Memphis's 
not going to lose any postseason eligibility. September 27th. September 27th. All right. So let's say I say to you on September 26th, mm-hmm. the punishment would be Memphis is not going to lose. Uh, they will have no postseason ban. They will have some recruiting restrictions, but, you know, limited, vi- like you limit the number of visits, but it's kind of neither here nor there. Like some some stuff that reads worse as a punishment than it actually is in practice. Mm-hmm. And Penny Hardaway would be suspended three games. Is there a person that wears tiger blue that would not have signed up for that in blood? <laughs> yeah, but you got away with even less than that, and then you just brought you okay, know but more. This is kind of getting greedy now. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, and then the other part the, of this, and then the last thing though, I would add the third point. Does this not also feel like the NCAA is like the last bite of a wounded dog? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, could Penny Hardaway, this could yeah, be history. Like, Penny Hardaway yeah. could be the last coach to be suspended. Correct. And maybe like that's how, like, that's what they would like it to be remembered. Like, I, I don't feel like any of those, I feel like all three of those things can be true and are like reasonable things. Like, a three game suspension, like, I don't know. Like, again, and again, two of the games feel like games me and you could coach and Memphis would win. And not only that, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, a three-game suspension doesn't feel like a witch hunt to me. No, I think the three-game suspension, come, because it was a level two violation, I think— Penalty you, matrix. Oh, we have the, to dust that bad boy off? Yes, we got penalty matrix here. This was 10% of the season. That's why he got three games. Um, so, and then the other part of this is, you know, this involved first— I thought this is kind of weird about it. The, the There was also an assistant coach involved in this. Um, and Jason Munns over at commercialbill.com through sources, it, it was Cody Topper, the former Memphis assistant who's now at LSU. He did an in-home visit with this same prospect a few weeks before Penny Hardaway did. And yet when I asked Gary Miller about it on the call today, like, you know, what's, what happens to the assistant here? Mm-hmm. He basically said it was confusing at first. Cause at first I ma- thought maybe he was alluding to Rashid Wallace. Cause he was like, from what we understand, that assistant left like on his own accord, will, yeah. own own accord. So I took it as like, oh, maybe it was Rashid because like they can't, basically we can't punish Rashid Wallace. He's not a college coach anymore. Um, but through sources, it was you know, Munz has figured out it was it was Cody Toppert involved, and I don't like why is he getting off scot free here? I don't if know. If he's coaching I mean, at LSU, shouldn't he face like I'm not saying he should be suspended. I don't know what it is. But it just feels like, oh, I mean, I, I he got, didn't do anything wrong. It seems to me the it, it seems to me the answer would be this: that Cody Topper only went because he was an assistant coach, and then when Penny went after him, like it shows, like, yeah, I, I still think if I'm Don Jackson, for instance, I'm going, oh, I'm for sure, you know, I'm yeah, going, yeah, like, no, you, I, you 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 punish Penny, but not him. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, uh, you know, I, but I mean that's a. To me, the standard should not be what is the what is the defense attorney's case. No, I know. You're like, right. I, you know what you're I mean? Right. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, so it's uh, interesting stuff over there at uh, the University of Memphis. I mean, do you think? I don't know. Do you think this is like this? Do, I don't think this does any damage to Penny's reputation in general. I think the people who were already thought Penny was like, I don't think this is going to change anyone's minds. Does that make sense? Honestly, my first reaction, to quote the great, the great Bruce Pritchard on Something to Wrestle With podcast, mm-hmm. and now back at back as Vince's right hand man, fart in church, like yeah, uh, yeah like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean, like, and now hey, oh, the, the Stansbury hire looks better and better by the day. Now I don't think Penny was necessarily no foreseeing I, this, but I mean, if you made me guess, Penny thought. Nothing was going to come. Like I don't think those two things are related. Like I think no, no. I no. think Penny has valued having a former. He's at, yeah, valued having a former head coach, particularly one that can get players. Um, and like I, I, I don't, I don't think those two things are related. But I don't know. Like it, losing the Missouri. Like if you were to lose the Missouri game, like let's say like the worst case scenario is you lose the Missouri you go game two and one because of right. This. You haven't really lost ground. It's a road game. No, it's it, and you've scheduled so many tough games that 
like uh, they have what nine? I think it's nine really tough like non-conference well, we, games. You know, it, it kind of depends on how the the battle for Atlanta goes. Yeah, I guess they could play Northern Iowa in that, so that would diminish something. You know, that to a certain extent. But I think it's like nine games against you know like top-notch or pretty quality competition, and you'd think to make the tournament. You probably only need to win four or five of those, I would think. I mean, conference play matters. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm assuming assuming you're a top two team in the conference again. And you have at least a similar record to what you had last year. I think they could have a better record than last year, but at least a similar record. I would hope they have a better record than last year. Well, is the is the basketball league that much given like the state of what some of the teams that are entering? Like obviously you lost Houston. So that is a big drop. Like I even as good as Florida Atlantic is, like they're not Houston. I'm sorry. They're just not. I don't view them in that same light. But Cincinnati and UCF weren't exactly like juggernauts the past few years. Yeah, but like are they really that different than say UAB and um I'm well, trying to think who else. Would so, be. Uh, UAB, North Texas, North Texas, Rice, SMU. Yeah, I, I, I think the league got worse. It did. Not as worse as the football league, though. This year, because Florida Atlantic's good. Well, what if, uh, what if West Virginia hires a certain person at UAB? Yeah, he does seem to. Your your boy uh, Andy Kennedy seems to be a candidate up mm-hmm. there. Um, that would that would. That would do some. That would Huggy Bear's true successor. Yeah, that would, doing what that Cincinnati should have done years ago. I think to be an eight or nine seed, if they go, if they win four or five, that that feels about right. You know, like now to be a good, now to be a top seed, you know, to be like a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, you're going to have to run. You know, you have to go like seven and two. You know, like you're going to have to really. I mean, again, it depends like which one. So you know yeah. what I mean, like yeah, and who's good and who's not. But I'm just saying in general. Um, but it is. Uh, Fascinating stuff. Uh, three game suspension, though. Again, not not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Just felt, just feels completely avoidable and just sloppy. Honestly, like it's just like you know, come on, this isn't like it doesn't even feel like they were intending to break. You know, like it'd be one thing in my mind if I thought they were intending to break the rules and they got caught. Like I actually don't mind that as much as this, which feels like it's just they were like like as as the committee put it. I, I actually kind of believe like Penny didn't realize what he was doing. I don't know. That's kind of a tough leap for me to be honest. But here's the problem that I have. What's the advantage of I guess this is where I struggle. Like to me like I get it rules are rules, but the whole idea of a rule is to try to not let someone get an unfair advantage. Like and that's entirely. I guess their argument was this kid had already had a scholarship from offer from Memphis. I don't even know who it is. It's a Dallas area prospect. I, I think the problem that I have is like, and Penny says in the if you read through the nitty gritty of the report, apparently Penny has claimed claims to them he wasn't really even intending to visit this kid in home. He was actually in the Dallas area to go watch Ashton play in a tournament because he was. Ashton, his son, was based in that area, and to play golf with buddies. And then his, you know, Toppert and the director of recruiting at some point texted him like, "Hey, while you're there, you might as well go drop in on this kid." And and Penny said, "Okay, I'll have time to do that," and did it. But that it was that he wasn't guess, actually I intending. Guess, I know. First off, yeah. that all feels very convenient. And again, can we please not just regurgitate? The defense attorney side. Well, it's not the def- uh, this is actually in the report. Okay, but like my whole point is, it feels very convenient. I think these two things are true. If like if I'm sitting there, and like you're doing the thing that your parents used to do, like and you've got a sibling squabble, like it's on the one hand, Penny, if you did, let's say in the event that I do believe that you didn't know either this kid was a junior or that you couldn't visit a junior, that's no excuse. No. And then on the other on the other end, I would sit there and look at the NCAA and go like, "Who cares? Like, yeah. like what advantage was gained? Like, yeah. it, like you have to. Sh- I don't even. I mean, I don't think they got this kid either. Well, no, I, I think, but I mean, that's probably ne- got that's thwarted never, by the. That's never stopped the NCAA. Like Tennessee, was, Tennessee didn't get Aaron Kraft. I was trying to figure Ole out. Miss if, didn't get Leo Lewis. Like I was trying to figure out who it could be. Because it said it said in the report this play, this prospect when they visited him 
was a top 20 prospect in the class of 2023 when they visited him. And so if you look at the suspects are Ron Holland, who was Ashton Hardaway's teammate at the time at Duncanville High School. Yeah, but then he would have bumped. He, like, that's the other thing. It's like, go bump into him at the school. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, and, and I would think he would know what year one of Ashton Hardaway's I teammates I would hope is. if you're going to visit with him, you know what year <laughs> he is. But they've got that. Jacoby Walter, who ended up at Baylor. So Ron Holland, I think, is doing uh, G League Ignite. Okay. He's actually, according to 247, the number one prospect. Um, for next year. For next year. It's yeah. like either him or Isaiah Collier, that kid who's going to USC with Bronny. But he's Does like, that timeline add up? What? That guy wouldn't be a junior, would he? At this at, at the time? Well, it was it was it was Wouldn't the, it have been Ashton's sophomore year? It was 21-22. It was like the fall of 21 is when it happened. And it was the yeah, I guess that, that could, prospects yeah. junior right. year. Um and so it's him or I mean, in some of these, you know, it's hard to tell where these kids are from now because they all go to these prep Well, they, and then they just, yeah. Jacoby Walter uh, is from McKinney, Texas. He ended up at Baylor, but I'm not sure Memphis recruited well, like just, him heavily. Just today, like, uh, there's a story, like, top Georgia prospect changes high schools. Ole Miss just took a quarterback that's skipping his junior and senior year mm-hmm. and enrolled. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't My, know. If I had to guess, it was Ron Holland, but I'm not positive. Like, yeah, like, I have no idea. I, I don't really know. I don't have any. Sort I guess of... this is this is the one like. There's a little part of this like to me that's like this is almost so ridiculous. I can't believe it. Am I missing some type of advantage of a in home visit with a junior? Like, the to me like especially in the, in, the, in today's day and age. Yeah, they, that's that was part of their announcement. Is like they got a. Di- Clear, even though this is a relative, I believe the way it was phrased was even though this is a relatively, uh, while the violation themselves are relatively limited in nature, the committee determined that they violated fundamental recruiting rules and provided a significant recruiting advantage because they distinguished Memphis from other programs that were recruiting the same high profile recruit. So they're making the argument that being his first in home visit would be having well just being like having two different coaches visit him in a three week span. Distinguish Memphis over everyone else. You, you could make the assumption, you know, like I give you a perfect example of this where it can where this stuff, you know, like ultimately a lot of schools get away with it. I remember it was a big deal. I remember it was before I was the columnist when DJ Jeffries was ending his sophomore year of high school. And his father said to me on the record, he could not understand why Memphis and the Memphis staff were not contacting DJ while all these other schools were contacting him. You know, it was a bad look for Tubby and that staff. Well, technically, the rules are, you know, you can't contact a recruit over the phone until June, like June of their end of their sophomore year. And so, like, Tubby and them were just following the rules. It's just the reality is, like, <laughs> you know, no one else was. So, like, what do you do in that situation? Um, and I guess in this case, the NCAA would argue because they got him here, you know, whereas, like, on a phone call thing, you know, it wasn't like DJ Jeffrey's dad was naming the schools to me that were calling him, or I should say naming them on the record <laughs> that were that were calling him. Um, in uh, this case. This this kind of is, uh, this would, I guess, would be my my. Yeah, it's like everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it, and you got caught. Yes. So. Yeah. And again. But no, but I'm just explaining, like, that's probably where the NCAA comes from when they say it's an advantage. It's like, you know, it makes it look like Memphis is putting in way more effort than everyone else when the reality is everyone else is just following the rules. Or not getting caught. <laughs> that's, that's probably a better way to phrase it. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like, by the way, the way Memphis got caught, this recruit, his family Post, posted a picture, I on, say, I picture on Twitter. It's, like it was the end. It wasn't. This was not self-reported by Memphis. This was the NCAA saw the tweet from the recruit or I mean, the recruit's family, I mean, that's and they brought it to to Memphis. That's how I mean, that's it worked. Kinda, that's how Pearl got got. Remember, like I think is was a the, barbecue. It was a barbecue, and they saw like a picture of Kraft on Facebook. Yeah. So it's like, well. 
Penny, I don't know. Like to me, like more of the story is Penny Hardaway suspended for the first three games. Doesn't feel like a big deal, but felt feels completely avoidable. And again, I think both of us are having a hard time viewing this as Penny is some victim in all of this. Yes, and I'm also sitting there going like, I'm glad the NCAA is really taking care of the big problems. Like, you know, I'm sure they'll be back on on Capitol Hill fixing the real issues. Like, this is why you are what you are. Yes, because you, you, you like you deal Correct. with small potatoes Correct. stuff like this and instead of come, oh, like figuring out how to like legislate nil. Correct. Yeah, yeah. the issues that actually impact like the the future of like your entire organization. All right, let's play a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. We'll maybe dive back into this. We'll talk some NBA draft, talk Grizzlies, all that and more coming up next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. MESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Normally we would do this to start the show, but with the Penny Hardaway news, we decided to move it to the second segment Let's play a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show, where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Mark. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Okay. What are we starting with? Unfortunately, it happened after the show yesterday. Okay. But yesterday was the best tell your story day in this show's history. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, we are, we're going to determine that with a buy, sell, short, or Reddit here. Mm. Okay. So give me the, what is the origins of this uh, buy, sell, short? You know, it's like a spelling bee. Give me the origin, the root of uh, this buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. What, why, what are the circumstances that I'm going to be judging whether to buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit on this? Well, we started somewhat tamely with nothing more than a simple story of daughter defending her dad. Okay. Jackie Huggins. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Jackie Huggins got on a notes app, and she started blistering people. Mm. Um, she called uh, everyone from everyone at everyone at West Virginia, basically cowards, hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is not not an alcoholic. He drinks like ninety percent of us do, and made a mistake that cost him his job, reputation, and livelihood. He told Gordon uh, Gee, the president and his board that he would go to rehab for a 60-day stint that would be able to uh, to be able to stay for these guys. Yeah, it was first team. First guy. Yes. These I'm going to go on a limb and guess that's not the first rehab stint. Um, these guys don't want to play for anyone else. Uh, 
then this was I bet my, you they can muster some uh, uh some they can muster the ability to play just, for someone else. I just enough. can't get your boy Mike Loxley's quote out of my head. These kids would get dressed in a trash can for twenty five grand. <laughs> like none of this stuff matters anymore. It's like it, it's it's all about what are you paying me? But this one was was one of the all times. She continued. Next, quote the beer cans all over the car. End quote. The cans were in bags. <laughs> the cans were in bags, and not all beer cans. This is a small group in Morgantown. And who knows, my dad collects cans to recycle. So, Mark. He's a recycler. He's looking out for the environment. The joke that I made on Saturday morning was sorry for recycling. What is is the, okay, hold on. What is the West Virginia can deposit? Is anything more than like five cents now? When I was at Michigan, it's five cents in West Virginia. When I was in Michigan, it was ten cents. And I kid you not. We'd like tailgate for the football games. You'd just leave all the garbage in the lawn, the cans. By the time the game was over, don't act like you. Hold on, don't act like y'all would just leave it so that you were doing like a good Samaritan thing, like that you no, were. But you knew, you knew you were trying correct. to correct. You were, you were, but the garbage was going to be left regardless. <laughs> it wasn't like y'all were picking up it. That would be. A, we'll never know, Jeffrey, because the homeless people in Ann Arbor. First off, take advantage of that ten cent can deposit. Uh, first off, when was pledge in Ann Arbor? Fall. Okay, you would have had pledges to clean it up. Let's not act like let's not act like this was some great generous act. Jeffrey, we were trying to support correct our less fortunate yes. in Ann Arbor. Uh-huh. All right, okay, that's what I'm sticking to. Okay, and so we left the cans out in the lawn. Okay, Jackie Huggins. <laughs> However, Mark, that to me, like now, let's see here. What's, she should have just he she, got he got arrested in Pittsburgh, right? Cor- What's got arrested in Pittsburgh. He thought he was in Columbus. What's the Pennsylvania can deposit? That's just five cents. Maybe is the Ohio can deposit a little higher? Ohio can deposits ten cents. Maybe he thought he was going to Columbus, Columbus to, get, to get some yeah. extra cash on the can deposit. Correct. Um, how much did Bob Huggins make on salary? Five. <laughs> well, how much was he going to make this year? Yeah, uh, let's see. Well, it's going to be five and a half million. It was cut down to four. It and was half million. four point one five yeah. million uh, before the reduction. Uh, so he's, he's trying to make up that lost cash from the first. This is all just a, you know, should we be making jokes? I don't know. It's, it's kind of sad what he's going through. I've, here's how I've made my peace with it. Jackie kind of opened the door to Correct. more jokes. Well, and first like. off, I'm a huggy bear guy. Yeah, I like Huggins. With that being said, like when every story about you begins with how rip roaringly drunk you are, or just likes to have a good time. Likes to he likes to have a good Mark, time. Every story's about like. Huggins sat down and held court with his own 30 rack. Huggins showed up with two <laughs> bottles of Belvedere. Like, it's like... I've heard Grey Goose. But yes. Okay, sorry, Grey Goose. I beg your pardon. The bottles are similar. Yeah. The label's different, but bottles... Fancy, fancy vodka. I feel like they're both bottled in France, too. I think they might be the same company. <laughs> I think it might just be multiple brands. But, like, let's acknowledge... It feels like we've been playing with fire for a little bit with Huggy Bear. Mm-hmm. And so... At the same time, I'm going to miss him, but I can also acknowledge, yeah, he probably doesn't get to coach anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I think I have no problem with West Virginia turning down his offer of going to two months Correct. of rehab. Uh, Especially when, let's be real, I presume the decision makers suspect the phone call with the F word that doesn't rhyme with duck, the, the radio appearance. Yeah, I suspect that they believe alcohol was involved there. I think I don't think that's a that's an unreasonable okay. uh, uh, unreasonable allegation. With that being said, this was nothing more than an appetizer for the tell your story that we got from the Stephen F. Austin assistant. I saw this last night. Bowling coach. Yeah, and this one so, was tremendous. So the story is he got caught cheating on his wife. With a athlete on the bowling team, but oh by the way, his wife is the head bowling coach. Correct. correct. Okay. Correct. So Steve Limke is his name. And then the headline was terrific. I saw correct. Him on last the night. Nacogdoches. Uh, I'm sorry. The Lufkin Daily News from Nacogdoches, Texas. Spare relationship causes awkward split. Like that's nice. just good stuff. Nice. That's a plus. That's good stuff. That's why we have newspapers for Correct. headlines like that. Correct. That's why they're still around. Stephen F. Austin, assistant bowling coach Steve Lemke, chose to resign rather than be fired this spring after the university discovered he had an affair with a student athlete. Lemke, 38, who is married to, 
Head coach Amber Limke resigned on April 10th uh, from the program he helped coach to two national titles and two second-place finishes. All right, uh, our boy Ryan Ivey, by the way, I feel like Ryan has taken a job at Stephen F. Austin. Haven't they had, like, multiple? Didn't they have, like, a basketball? I think they've had multiple things. It's like, I'm sure he's sitting there going, like, what did I sign up for? Like, having to be the AD. Let's see here. I think there's been, like, there was a basketball grade. I want to say maybe there's some football involved. Um, yeah, 2020. I have, a, I have a feeling you're going to have a while on the Google searches to get down. 2020, yeah. they, they, they got lack of institutional control involving the erroneous certification of 82 student athletes Correct. in nine sports mm-hmm. over a decade. Um, they got a postseason. <laughs> their baseball, men's basketball, and football programs also in the same release yeah. that they were that. Got uh, collect a collective postseason. Got postseason bans because of an insufficient academic progress rate, as re- in re- correct because of the correct. improper certification. All right, but this is not where it truly gets into tell your story. What gets into tell your story is Mark Steve Lemke spoke to the paper. Nice went on the record. That's that's that's. Good I mean, stuff. I guess put his name on it, but this was an all timer. Lemke defended his actions and said the relationship was consensual but might have been, quote, amplified to the magnitude that it is now because of the national championship caliber that we've developed. I think it's more of an ethics thing when it comes down to college as far as a coach-teacher being with a student-athlete. If we were crappy bowlers, this would be, you know, this would be fine. So first, tell your story. Isn't winning everything? Like, shouldn't that count? (laughs) His first thing is, shouldn't winning count for something? Uh, He then continued, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code. Like, we frown upon it, but there's no rule. There's no law broken. Uh, My favorite, though, Mark, before we get to, like, the real kicker, this one he just kind of threw in. Um... The affair with the bowler was discovered when Amber Lemke saw a text message from her, uh, from the the bowler, on Steve Lemke's phone. Quote, it didn't have anything in detail. It was just about how amazing I am. Basically, in general perspective. Amber saw that and questioned me. And I got to the point where it just built up so much that I basically told her the truth after she dug through my phone. So first off... A <laughs> couple of amazing points of tell your story there. Number one, listen, Mark, while Amber may think I'm a sleazeball, I just want to point out the girl I'm banging Doesn't. says I'm amazing, yeah. an amazing guy. And secondly, I also love, you know, I fessed up to it after she dug through my phone. Like, I pretty yeah. much fessed yeah. up to it. I fessed up to it. Man, just she's on my phone. Correct. After she found everything that was incriminating. But this is, this is really, this is where it truly becomes tell your story. I was the stay-at-home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go off and coach the team. Oh, God. And when she came back, or when she'd get back, I'd run practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. When they'd travel again, I'd sit back and take care of the kids. Then when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run practices. I was a volunteer the entire time before that, trying to help out Amber. Once I got hired, one thing stemmed from another. I felt like I was doing too much for what I was being valued at. Mark, this may be the ultimate all time. Don't tell these story. Tell your story. Essentially saying your wife practically dared you Mm. to bang one of your players. That's an all timer. That's even one that I sit there and go, I, I didn't see that one coming. So based on your presentation of this. Yes. I assume you're buying that this, oh, is, absolutely. this is the greatest this day. Is, this is, yesterday was the great was a, one of the great days in Tell Your Story history. Or you're saying you're going the greatest. Of in the show. In the uh, show's since history. The show, in the, since the show has happened. Okay. We rarely get because sometimes when you get great tell your stories, it's usually a re- I thought LeBron's retirement thing after lo- getting swept by the Nuggets was pretty good storytelling. Right, but it's Multiple stories. Like, you have to have... Like, these are two completely unrelated things. 
I think we might be prisoners of the moment here. No, 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 no. And also, the LeBron thing, everybody saw through it this time. Like, that was the thing that I think that, I think that's what's upsetting LeBron. We didn't even get into last week that weird, uh, then he sent a, the Instagram sent, thing. He sent about Malone. It was about yeah. Malone, apparently. Yeah, I guess, like, why are you talking about me? Like, he literally went mean girls. He went, like, why are you so obsessed with me? Yeah. I'm going to take your word for it since you, you one, you, this are, is the, my lane. you are the proprietor of Correct. Tell Your Story. And if you d- deem it to be one of the great, you know, the greatest moment in this show's history in Tell Your Mark, Story. Mark, we literally had a guy blaming his affair with a student athlete no, by saying, literally, he just laid it out. It's my wife's fault. I wasn't expecting. Well, it's two things. One, yes, the the, the whole bowling coach story, just in general, totally unexpected, unbelievable. Just, and then I'm gonna be honest. It's the family member defending the daughter defending Huggy. Not surprising. Correct. It's the the recycling. claiming claiming the yes. beer cans are for Correct. recycling. Correct. Eh, that's pretty good story. Correct. Like if she just really threw that out, like, it was kind of like just your run of the mill. Like right. Quit picking on my dad. It would have been like. I would have been like, go Jackie, go, go Jackie, go. And then like when she would have dropped that line, I would have been like, I probably should have cut that one. All right. When we come back, let's get into the list. We haven't even gotten into Grizzlies. There are a few things I want to talk about Grizzlies wise. We'll do all that and more during hour number two. Stick around. You'll listen to Gianotto and Jeffrey. 92.9. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.